Hey y'all, thanks so much for joining me for episode 7 of Criação. Oh, there's a lot there's a lot going on in the world right now and um I just wanted to thank you if you're tuning in right now. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for making time to listen to me. <laughs> and because there's so much going on in the world, it can be hard to find strength. It can be hard to find joy in the midst of these of this time and um though this might not be the case for everyone, one of the ways in which I find strength is by reaching out to my community. And so I hope that this episode, which is with one of my best friends, Maya, a friend that I've known for about 15 years now, which is crazy to believe, will bring you some joy, certainly bring you some laughter. If you're a foodie, you will <laughs> you will enjoy this episode as we talk so much about food and our relationship to Providence, my hometown, hopefully hearing me and Maya laugh about memories and about... <laughs> awkward element uh middle school years and just what it means to have a long-standing friendship will i don't know inspire you to reach out to your own community members and spend some time reminiscing with them so let's get to it episode 7 of Criação. It's nice to be back, honestly, on the mic because I definitely took a hiatus for a few weeks um, with everything, you know, going on in the world, but I'm happy to be back uh, on the mic. And this episode I'm really excited to record is because it's about Providence. So a lot of you might know that I am a traveler and I've traveled a lot. I've traveled around Europe. Um, I lived in Spain and Portugal for a total of four years. And if you follow me on my personal Instagram accounts, most of my pictures are about my time in Europe. Um, and I very rarely post about uh, Providence. And so Providence, I would be nothing without Providence. Providence is, is you know, it's my hometown. It's where I was born and raised. And so I thought it was about time that I brought it back, that it took a step back and give Providence the credit that it rightfully deserves in my life. So this episode is dedicated to Providence, my hometown. Uh, shout out to all people who are from Providence, my family and friends. And I'm very excited to be celebrating Providence with one of my longest friendships, if that's grammatically correct, Maya Hallsmith. <laughs> Maya, thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode, which you helped me brainstorm, actually. Of course. I invited myself to the podcast, <laughs> and thus we are here. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Honestly, I was so happy when you reached out to me and were like, I low-key want to be on your podcast. And I was like, oh my god, please, like, please be on my podcast, because um, it's helpful for me. But, you know, I, I can talk my face off, but it's kind of nice to be able to talk <laughs> with 
with other what people. An interesting turn of <laughs> I mean, that's why I started the podcast, honestly. But it's just nice to to be able to share this space with other people. I mean, honestly, I feel like you know, I've always wanted anything that I create or produce is it's for the purpose of sharing with others, and so I'm happy that you asked to be on the podcast, and here Yay. we are happy to be here. I'm very excited. Let's talk a little bit about you first so that people aren't just like, who's this random person on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Completely random, <laughs> out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> so um, as you know, I often read, I, what I usually do on the podcast is I read a poem. So I do have a poem about Providence that I'm going to read. But before I get into that, yeah, Maya, let's, let's tell the audience a little bit about you. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone. My name, as Genesis said, is Maya Hallsmith. I'm also a Providence native, shout out to TVD, um, and I actually still live here now, so I have not gallivanted all across the globe as Genesis had, um, but Providence did pull me back a little bit earlier, um, so I live here now and I really enjoy it. Um, what can I tell you about myself? Um, I really enjoy baking, I always have since I was really young. Um, I watch a ton of Food Network and HGTV. <laughs> I'm trying to get into reading more. Um, I like going out for walks. Um, Genesis and I, like Genesis said, we've been friends for double-digit years now. I think it's 14, maybe? That sounds... Or maybe 13 years now? Oh, my gosh. I Something think you're like right. That. That's crazy. I think we met in 2006, right? So, well, yeah, I was, yeah. I was 12, so... Right. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, so, quite, quite a few years. Um, but, yeah, so we've been friends for a really long time, and I was... When I invited myself onto the podcast, I said Genesis. So I was like, I think a cool theme for a podcast in general would be about like your hometown because it is obviously so important. I think to all people of where you grew up, where you have like your first memories, and that always usually extends to friends and like people that you remember from that space. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Providence. I mean, Providence. Maya is a very good. Is a. Yes, Maya is a a wonderful representation, I think, of my experience in Providence, um, having known me for so long. So, I mean, we'll talk about this in a second, but, you know, just the fact that Maya knew the 12-year-old Genesis, and we were talking about this yesterday because we talked yesterday, but I was just like, if you knew, if you liked the Genesis who was 12, the 12-year-old version of me... We're friends. Like, we're we're true friends because I was a strange child. Well, vice versa because I was also weird. So, I mean, same goes for me. Also very awkward, very strange. I don't know that middle school is particularly kind to anyone, but I'm, like I said yesterday, I'm very glad it's over. Wouldn't do it again, but happy that I met friends. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Yeah, but thanks again, Maya. Uh, Maya is super cool and she has been cool even though she won't say she is since middle school (laughs) i will say one of one of maya's best qualities is her prophetic abilities i definitely think you have prophetic abilities like so this is super funny and then i promise i'll get into the poem in a second but you just have to know that when we were in middle school and everyone was on aim you know to be fair your first one was not all that great but your second one... Okay, that is unnecessarily rude for the ball. I would just like to go on record and saying that my first AIM screen name, as I'm sure is true for all people growing up in the early 2000s, wasn't great. Maybe not my best work. However, I was very proud of it, and I stuck by it, even though people like Genesis continually call me out on it. 
and no, I am not going to say what it is on the podcast because that's not necessary. <laughs> anyway, the the important the important one though is the second iteration. The first one, I mean, yes, we cannot we can't all you know um what is it? We can't all be experts. Right, right, you know, right out the the, the gate. I am so I am my mother's daughter that I cannot figure out expressions for my life. Oh my god! I know what you mean, though. Yes, no, and also I was like eleven. Like I didn't know what I was talking about. Right. Um. But oh, your right. second, your second one, your second iteration of your screen name was uh, Maya knows best, and. She wasn't lying because Maya does know best. There, I, there have been multiple instances in my life where Maya has said to do or to not do something, and she was right. So she, she was prophetic even in using – this is all meta. She was prophetic in making the, <laughs> her screen name that because – she probably didn't even know that she didn't know best in this show. Okay, this is a grand exaggeration. I think what really is that I've been, I'm not an old soul, I don't think that's the right word for it, but I'm extremely logical, sometimes to a fault, and I always have been that way. So I'm someone who, like, if you ask me for advice, I will give you an answer that you may or may not enjoy or even take the advice of, but a lot of times, and this is going to sound so pretentious or like, a, like so full of myself, but a lot of times people come to me and I'm like, oh yeah, you were right about that. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think it's just been that for a very long time. If, if Maya had a, a running list of all those times, uh, you probably have a notebook <laughs> filled at this point. Um, yes. Anyways, okay, so my poem about Providence, which... Um, Maya and her mother actually have a cameo in my poem. So, <laughs> woo woo. Um, all right. So, the name of this poem is just called "Providence Is." And just a quick background on this is: uh, I completely forgot I wrote this poem. I was just looking through my three journals that I have um, and came across it and was like, "Oh, I did write a poem about Providence." So, so here it is. Providence is panaderías guatemaltecas, pupusas, and my mommy's pernil on Christmas Eve. But it's also pastelitos, chicharrones, and chimis on Broad Street con todos los dominicanos. Where y'all at? Providence is iglesias evangélicas in Spanish, my tía, dragging me by the hand, dressing me up in dresses, forcing me to stand up y alabar al Señor, even if I could barely mumble the words. But at least Bible school taught me how to read in Spanish. Providence is snow days in Uncle Ripta, which my mom never let me take. It's watching Jay soccer games every freaking weekend, watching Dexter's Lab and the Powerpuff Girls with Carlos on Saturday mornings, and begging Hugo to clean something again. Providence is mommy looking like Selena in her famous demo CD, Tú eres la hija de Erika? It's papi at the cancha either scoring goals or criticizing everyone else for not doing so. Tú eres la hija de Hugo Mita. It's being old enough to go to Providence Place on your own, or at least with Maya, and quote-unquote dating a boy you never saw. Providence is Mrs. Hallsmith's tuna fish sandwiches and the vegetables she so desperately wanted you to eat. And Maya's cookies, how could I forget? Providence is Heidi and Stephanie accusing you of being all that in a bag of chips for beating them at hide-and-seek and making fun of you for matching your shirts with your socks, which you still do. 
Providence is Glendy teaching you the difference between tú and usted. It's Abuela Olimpia's Tartaritas. Rest in power, Abuela. It's finally picking up soccer again and being pretty good for a 13-year-old. It's also not being good when it really counted on your rich white high school's varsity soccer team. Providence was Wheeler and all of that, Thayer and all of that, Antonio's versus Nice Slice, and Emma Watson at Brown, one point for Gryffindor. Providence was my ex for the longest time, and the commuter rail from Boston, $10 each way. Providence is Carla's house on any holiday and babysitting Brianna and the twins. It's Sandra, Puma, Crystal, and Luna. It's Anna and now Goofball Sebastian and my two beautiful nuggets for nieces. It's moving to 13 different apartments in five different elementary schools as a kid. It's the gifted program. It's the best pad thai you ever had in your life. It's Mount Pleasant and Manton Ave and Chalkstone. Honeydew Donuts Sinistics. Providence. Well... Providence is home, even when I'm far away, even in Europe and shit. It's definitely something like home. Yay! <laughs> so there's, this is not a poem that I've performed before, so I apologize for slipping up on a few words. But yeah, this was definitely like flashback, throwback. <laughs> I was like, so this, this is so true. Yeah, and it's also funny because this is going to sound not mean, but it's also been a while since you've lived in Providence because I don't know where there's a honeydew donuts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the commuter rail to Providence and Boston is not $10. <laughs> true, true. And Night Slice isn't on Thayer Street anymore. This, this is true. But all of those things are in essence of, and I think it also speaks to what Providence was as your hometown when you lived here, like what was around you, what you did, where you went, like those sort of things. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, that's, that's a really good point. And actually yesterday when we were talking about, um, you know, I asked you if things were opening up in Providence because of COVID and you're like, oh yeah, places with terraces. And I was like, what place in Providence has a terrace? And you're like, are you kidding? <laughs> Because, of course, my, like, bougie ass is like, well, Europe and has all of the terraces, yeah, okay. you know, what is Providence? <laughs> They're just tables on sidewalks, okay? It's not anything crazy. They're just places to sit outdoors is really what we should have said. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, well, this is the one of the things I completely forgot that Emma Watson went to Brown. She did. Did you ever run into her? No. I heard... I, for a while, when people start, first started saying that, I didn't believe anyone because I was like, I don't think she's actually here. Like, there's no way she's going to Brown. Because in my mind, and I think this is true for a lot of people who grow up in Providence, you don't realize how big of a deal Brown University is, but it's just like down the street and it's kind of like another college because there are so many colleges here. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, why would Emma Watson, who at that time was like at the peak of her career, I'm like, why would she come to Providence, Rhode Island for like anything let alone to go to college so I was like there's no way she's actually here but then eventually but I don't know if she ended up staying like all four years and like graduating I don't know I never followed up with that no I don't know either I just remember like um of course like when we had free periods going to you know Wheeler and Moses Brown it was like Mm -hmm. you know we'd go to Thayer Street to go have food and um if anybody had an Emma Watson sighting they'd come back and be like dude we just we just ran into Emma Watson you know like (laughs) And I was, I always missed it. There was like sure. two or three times where like my, fr- I would just be with my friends, like whoever they were on a free period. And I'd be like, all right guys, going back to school. And then they'd be like, you know, later they'd be like, oh, we ran into Emma Watson. I'm like, damn it. 
Like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wait, Genesis, did you even read Harry Potter? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a groupie. <laughs> That's what sure. No, no, I mean, a celebrity is a celebrity is a celebrity. But I just want, I was like, I don't remember you being into them. Okay. No, I was actually a, a series of unfortunate events person. That, oh, always. Lemony Snicket yes. for life, dude. So good. I was not... No, you know, I think Carlos had gotten me into Harry Potter, but just the movies. Sure. But even then, I only watched up until The Goblet of Fire. And then I was like, meh, I'm over this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these are extremely controversial opinions that we're hearing right now. I read the first book, and that was it. And it was only, it was in high school because my friends said that they would, quote, disown me if I didn't read the Harry Potter books because they were all so into them. And then I don't know that I've seen any of the movies. Maybe the first one, but... It's I don't remember it, so I might as well not see it. I'm really not a Harry Potter friend. Like you know, all of this, uh, I don't know. Like I'm, I can't. It's not me. Like I remember when I was at Tufts and like they had a Quidditch team. I was like, oh yes. I was like, um, okay. I roll. That's which, all I have to say. Which is funny. The funny thing to me is that the first I don't know why I thought this. The first time someone told me that there were Quidditch teams, I was like, how did they get the broom supply? I was like, is that <laughs> is that actually how they're playing? And, uh, Obviously, that's not what they're doing because that's not how physics work. But in my mind, when I, the limited knowledge that I had about Harry Potter and from seeing like parts of or visuals from movies, and I went to college and they were like, "Oh yeah, we have a Quidditch team." I was like, "What? <laughs> like it's real?" <laughs> Very confusing. Anyway, not important. <laughs> that's hilarious. The reason in the poem why I wrote one point for Gryffindor is because I heard the the rumor that there was someone in Emma Watson's class where every time she would raise her hand and answer a question, someone would just yell, one point for Gryffindor. Which I would just like throw something at someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, will you cut it out? Oh, that would have been awful. That's why I think she didn't end up finishing. Like end up like staying on campus. Who knows? Sure. I mean, I don't. I really don't blame her. I, I don't blame any celebrity for, like, I don't know, finding some yeah. other way. But, I mean, props yeah. props to her for trying it out, trying to be, yeah. you know, just like everybody else. But maybe yeah. that's why she chose Providence, because it was, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, more low-key. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like, when I, with the commuter rail, you're right about the price change. <laughs> I definitely felt the price change within my time, like, at Tufts, you know, for sure. Uh, it used to be 10 bucks my freshman year, and then, you know, mm-hmm incrementally how much is it now do you know i don't is know. it double it might be oh, that's i don't know so i don't scary. think it's double it's definitely more than ten dollars though although they have like a weekend pass now that you can buy oh that's where, nice like, you pay for you pay ten dollars and you can ride it as many times as you want on saturday and sunday which in my mind how many times could you possibly need to go back and forth to boston in two days but it's still cheaper than what it would have been otherwise so gotcha yeah um, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if the price went up too, because I heard that um, there are a lot of people from there are a lot of people from Boston who are moving to Providence and just commuting to Boston for work. Yeah, trying to, but the commuter rail sucks, so I don't know that that's working. Like in terms of service, like right, it's not a great commuter rail service, <laughs> like a way to commute. So yeah, it was also yeah, super know. ugly and just. Not yes, a good time. Very unfortunate looking, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> very unfortunate just, looking. Just railing off the commuter rail system right now. That's actually what this is about. <laughs> Literally just how much we ate on the commuter rail. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I also like that, I mean, 
for me, when I talk about Providence to people, especially if someone hasn't been here, I always talk about food because I really enjoy eating. And also because I feel like there's such good food in Providence. And I sound like an ad for like our tourism department or something, but we have really good restaurants. <laughs> and I think that's like a good, I think that's a, like a theme in your poem, like the restaurants that you mentioned and the food and stuff, because it is so, especially I think in like a middle school or high school time when the like shreds of independence that everyone is like striving for some of those revolve around food like being able to go and get like like you said go out to Thayer Street and get lunch with your friends or like go to the province place mall and do absolutely nothing because we had no money <laughs> but sit in the food court and like get one meal or like things like that it always is so like yeah it, I think it has a lot to do with it and it relates to the time that you were in Providence living here yes actually I have an important question for you about okay. Antonio's versus Nice Slice because we have to have sure. that conversation. But before oh, okay. that, but before that, um, I think what uh, another reason why we're probably still really good friends, among many other reasons, is the fact that we both love food very much. Love food, we, always. Oh my gosh! Wait, Maya, you remember? <laughs> you know what I'm about to say? These okay. the chicken nachos from yes. Ronzi. <laughs> we have to tell this story. Okay, there's a pizza restaurant in Rhode Island, which there's like. At, the, at, the, at its peak, I guess, which is when we were in middle school, there was a lot of them. They were, like, really, like, all over the place. There was one near my apartment that I lived with my mom. And we would order pizza from there, like, on, like, a Friday night or whatever. Genesis was over. And they had what, for, I think it was a fever dream. I don't think we ever actually ate them because they disappeared off the face of the planet after we had them, like, three times. But they were, imagine the shape of, like, a Dorito. But instead, the, it's like a, a filling of like cheese and chicken, like shredded chicken, and it's like kind of spicy, and they form it into like a 3D triangle, and then they like coat it in like breadcrumbs and deep fry it. Oh my god. They were so good. <laughs> and we ordered them probably like two or three times with our pizza from Rondio's, great. And then one time, we went to order them again, and the man looked at us like we were absolutely insane. <laughs> never had those and we're like what do you mean and of course we couldn't re- i don't know what they were called maybe we didn't remember then we tried to describe like the way that i just described it to you all is how we tried to describe it to this man who worked at ronfield <laughs> and he still was like i have no idea what you're talking about we don't sell those and we're like you just had them two weeks ago it was devastating <laughs> it was very upsetting and genesis and i talk about them still to this day and i kind of want to go to a hospital to see if they have them anymore <laughs> Oh, they were awful. They were so good. Though. Oh, at least to see if they remember them. You know, it's so right. funny. I almost do feel like we're crazy because of that experience. <laughs> do you ever read the book um, West Side School is Falling Down? Did you read those books? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember? Well, I forget which. I? There, I were like, there were like a few. They were just like funny stories. But yeah. one of the stories was um, this kid... I think, I don't remember what floor it was, the ninth floor? It was like the ninth floor didn't exist in the school. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, so then, but then one day he, like, gets sent to detention and somehow finds the ninth floor or whatever. That's what I feel like, <laughs> that we found the ninth like floor. Is, yeah, this feels like a very, like, gentle version of gaslighting where, like, we <laughs> went to the guy and we're talking to him and we're like, no, you absolutely sell this. And he's like, no, we don't. <laughs> like, but we just ate them. They, and then I also remember we, because we were ordering there because they had, like, a pick, like a carryout deal or whatever. So we, we went in to order, came back in the car, told my mom this story. She's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, what is going on? And we were so angry. And she's like, well, did you order anything? And we're like, yeah, we just got pizza. But we were so upset. Oh, my God. 
Absolutely awful. But those were so good. Like, yeah, no, they were great. The next time you're in Providence, we should try to remake them you, off of very, like, barely any memories. I have no <laughs> concept of how I would do that or what really was in them. Like, the description I just gave of them being chicken and cheese is not much to go off of, but we could think, we could do something. That I sounds. We make something. I think we owe it to our middle school selves to try and re <laughs> try and recreate this. <laughs> One last this. time. One last time. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we love food, and I actually, I mean, honestly, Maya, it was through your house that I was introduced to a lot of awesome, like, even just things you'd get at the grocery store. Like, okay, first of all, Whole Foods is their cheese curls. Sure, yeah. I was like, what are, what are, what is this drug? Like, they're just so good. (laughs) Genesis would, we'd have a bag of them, and Genesis would open the bag, take out, like, three or four, eat them, then roll the bag up really, really tight and, like, put it away from her, and then three minutes later, be back in the bag eating them. And I'm like, Genesis, just leave it open. Just eat the chips. If you want to make the chips, she's like, no, I can't have it anymore. Those are so good. Like, I don't know if it's the cheddar. It's a special kind of cheddar. Like, what is it? It's not It's not Cheetos. <laughs> it's probably because it's actual cheese. <laughs> Compared to Cheetos, which who knows if those are real cheese. Right. Those, so those were amazing. And then, um, you used to get these chicken tenders, like these frozen chicken tenders from Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Those, oh my God, those were bomb. Also real chicken, which is probably really good. (laughs) You know, here I am eating those like, you know, chicken tenders. I used to get these chicken nuggets, the ones that were all the same size. Yes, no, I remember those because you introduced me to those because my mom would never buy them. <laughs> and I remember we went to, I went, I was at your house once and you had the regular ones, like the ones from like Shaw's that come in those like saran wrap like trays. <laughs> you had the regular ones and you had the ones with cheddar cheese in them, which I had never even thought of as a concept. I was like, chicken nuggets with cheese in it? Mind boggling. So it's a, it's a two-way street. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those are the ones I was going to say. I love, I mean, obviously it's not even real cheese in it, I'm sure, but um, delicious. Delicious, anyway. Yeah, no. A great concept, also. I want more chicken with cheese inside of it. That's my new <laughs> requirement. If yeah. Your chicken does not make the cut if there's not cheese already inside, yeah. inside of it. Not on top of it. Inside of it. <laughs> inside of whatever preparation you have. Yeah. Oh, man. And then probably one of the most impressive feats was your mother's tuna fish. I hate, I still don't love tuna. Like, tuna is one of those things where, like, when I think about it, it makes me want to gag. And then when I eat it, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. But but your mom, your mom would make, again, quality tuna. So you guys weren't buying no chicken of the sea, you know, star, whatever it's called. We had like a 365 one. Yeah. Yeah. So quality tuna. But I I swear to goodness, I was like, what? I was like, this is tuna. And your mom's like, yeah. And I was like, why is it so good? Like tuna isn't supposed to be this good. My mom was like, what tuna have you been eating that you don't like it? I will say, she probably, I don't know if she cares or not, but her secret ingredient, if you can even call it that, because I don't know that it is, is Herbes de Provence, which is like a seasoning blend. I think it's French. Obviously, it's French. It's called Herbes de Provence. Um, but she puts that into her tuna salad. And it's very minimal tuna salad. Like, it's tuna, celery sometimes, not even always, mayo, and then seasoning, and that's it. Yeah, and I remember one of the things I appreciated about your mom's tuna is that it wasn't so mayo-y because sure, there are yeah. so many other tuna whatever that's like just... 50-50 ratio oh. of tuna to... And, I'm, <laughs> and, and I don't... I hate mayo as it is, so like, you know, I only like a little bit of mayo in my tuna and, sure. oh my gosh, your mom's tuna sandwich. And get this, 
Because you, I'm, I've always been a toast your bread sandwich person. Like, I'm not, I don't like. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. But your mom you would. Also, huh? I also remember there was a time when you would bring grilled cheeses to school for lunch. And you'd eat them. You had already made the grilled cheese, wrapped it in foil, but then ate it cold. And I was like, this is such a fascinating concept to me. I was like, I've never thought of eating a room temp, almost cold grilled cheese. And you're like, no, 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 it's good. And I remember eating one time. It's fantastic because it's, it's different than the cheese being its normal temperature because it, like, recongeals almost. It's a, it's really a great yeah because I couldn't I was not I couldn't deal with like just I don't know I don't like soft bread like look like if it's if it's like a big baguette or something like that like sure like it doesn't need to be toasted but just like yeah. white bread like wonder or or even wheat bread yeah. like loaf of bread it yeah. needed to be toasted so with no texture yeah. yeah so but your mom your tuna sandwiches weren't on toasted bread and I was like this mm-hmm. is still amazing um yeah I also remember, I, had, I was thinking about this the other day, about how my mom made my lunch for school almost every day, and I ended up feeding, like, half of this, like our <laughs> class with my lunch on a daily basis, because my mom would pack me, like, pretty full lunches, and if there was ever a time when someone who I was friends with didn't like what was for lunch, or wanted a snack, or something like that, they'd always come to me, and it got to the point where certain foods were always delegated to certain people, like, if I had grapes, That's totally fair. I mean, you just had the best <laughs> snacks for sure. I don't, first of all, I don't even think I ever had snacks. Like I just had, I was the one student who was always hungry yet never had snacks. And it was like, sounds like a problem. Could, like there's a solution here, but you're just not doing them. And then you would, then we would share my snacks. And yeah. then I would like give you half of my snacks. It'd be fun. Oh, and your mom would also, um, she put sugar on your strawberries, which is like, yeah. Literally, no one's ever thought of that. And I was like, why are these strawberries so good? And it's because... Everyone thinks that. What? No I never... thought of that? I just, like, that wasn't something I'd ever thought of before. Because I like strawberries, but, yeah, they're a bit tart. You know, they're not... They're, and then when you put sugar on them and just kind of let them yeah. marinate in the just sugar a little, little bit... Yep, exactly. It's called macerating. Oh. The mom's ahead of the curve, yeah. Macerating berries is when you put, like, sugar on them, sometimes lemon juice. And you just let them sit. But my mom would just give me, like, a little sandwich bag of strawberries and just sprinkle, like, maybe a pinch of sugar over them. So by the time I ate lunch, like, three or four hours later, they were amazing. <laughs> and I'd always eat all of them. Yeah. Genius. Which I think was really her goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can obviously talk about food forever. But we're going to keep talking about it for a second. Probably. Because uh-huh. we need to talk about Antonio's versus Nice Slice. Nice Slice. All, all day or day. So, some, let's give them some context. So, Which one do you want to describe? I'll describe whichever restaurant you don't describe. I'll, I'll describe Antonio's. Okay. All right. So, well, first of all, you have to know that there's a street called Dare Street, and it's yeah. right near, like, Brown University. So it's, like, where – and it's also near where our high schools were. So it's very student uh, – not just student, but a lot of students are there. And it's just one street with a bunch of shops, and it's, like, where most people go to go out to eat, at least it's on the east side. An, 
an outdoor food court is what my mom always called it because it's like 75% restaurant. That's actually, that's a very good description actually. That's exactly what it is. So imagine this outdoor food court. And at the, I mean, at the time when we were in high school, there's these two pizza spots, like pizza by the slice pizza shops that were practically like right across the street from one another. Like maybe 25 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally right there. And um, there was definitely a team Antonio's and a team Nice Slice. Um, so I wholeheartedly to this day am still an Antonio's fan. Um, my main reason for that is it is Antonio's white pizza because their white pizza smacks. Like it's just <laughs> so good. It's basically just cheese. Like it's just a cheesy <laughs> bread. <laughs> But, oh, my God, the cheese and the herbs and the oil, the ricotta, oh, it's just delicious. But they also had other, you know, other very honorable mentions. You have Chicken Bacon Ranch, which is a popular one. They had they had a quesadilla one. And, and they put actual avocado on it. Yeah, actual avocado on it. There, what was the other one? Ah, oh, there's so there, many good ones. I Although I am team nice, like their honey, the Antonio's honey mustard chicken oh is my fantastic. God. Because instead of red sauce, they use honey mustard and then grilled chicken and then cheese on top. Great. And preferred Antonio's options, generally speaking, I also preferred their um, their pizza dough and their crust. Sure. It was thicker, it was crunchier. Um, but honestly, like even if I went to Antonio's, the only pizza I wanted was white. Was white. And if uh, they didn't have it, then I was like, why am I here almost? Not totally. I would opt opt for something else. But I was like, if I don't get my white pizza, then I'm going to be really right. upset. And then Nice yeah. Slice, I think I tried Nice Slice once. I will give Nice Slice aesthetic pr- like props. because. Okay, see, that's... Okay, hold on. The thing about Nice Slice versus Antonio's is that they're very different vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just different. I think they attract different crowds. Mm-hmm. Whereas, in my mind, like, when you walked into Nice Slice, it was a maybe a fifth of the size of Antonio's. It was so small, very cramped. But they had um, Shepard Ferry, that's his name, right? The, yeah. the giant guy. He had done like a mural, with, like this huge mural of Angela Davis on the wall. It was like a whole experience. Yes. I'm typing this up because I'm team nice life. In my mind, Antonio's had pizza for people if you were out like drunk and wanted something to like soak up all the alcohol. Like they did that's like tortellini true. pizza. Like they would take tortellini pasta and put it on top of pizza. Like those are the kind of things that or like the quesadilla one that it's like chicken, tortilla chips, salsa, cheese, Beans. avocado. Like those are all the things that you would want if you were like out with your friends. A completely valuable and important. Nice Ice was very like artisanal. Like they had a mm. lot of like vegetable, vegan options, very like fresh ingredients, a lot of pestos and like homemade sauces, those sort of things. So it's just different types of pizza in my mind. Like there were times when I really wanted Antonio's, there were times when I really wanted Nice Slice. But I like Nice Slice crust better because it's a little bit thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always like what I would go back to. And I, I mean, I still like it, even though it's not up there anymore. So it's not as close to me, but I still drive over to it and get Nice Slice. Like, I feel like now as an adult, like, you know, I'm more into, like, artisanal stuff or, like, you know, things like that. So I wonder if now, like, if I were to go back and try a few more of Nice Slice, you know, uh, slices. I think you should give it another try. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. In high school. Especially now because you like vegetables. I have to thank Mrs. Hallsmith, which she gets so upset that I still call her Mrs. Hallsmith and I never call her by her first name. I did it today in my Instagram post, but that's about it. Um, You know, a lot of people know me as a foodie, but... I was such a picky eater uh, growing up. And I honestly did not expand my palate until adulthood. Like, it wasn't until I actually studied abroad in Madrid, which this is a funny story. 
when I studied, I was picky up until college. Um, and then I studied abroad in Madrid. I mean, I started to expand a little bit in college, but still was like salad, eh, Benji's, meh. still don't like carrots. I don't like carrots. Um, <laughs> so like a few things, but it was when I was in Madrid that like, cause obviously in my culture, like growing up, at least in my family, you know, you, if you went to a person's house or they invited you for dinner, like you just had to eat the food, like no matter if you liked it or not, like you had to eat it. You couldn't make a face. Like you just had to be like, mm, this is delicious. Um, even if you hated it and my mother, it would be very rude if you were to say otherwise. So imagine me like being in Madrid and my host mom, like, you know, there's whole, I mean, a whole different culture, like so many different foods and was terrified of telling her, Hey, this looks gross. Or like, you know, uh, I would never tell her that that was never something that I would. So a la fuerza or like, just, I had to try new food because it was the respectful thing to do. And it is through that process that I actually started to expand my palate and enjoy different flavors. But the first person who very rightfully so was like, you need vitamins, <laughs> eat some vegetables, <laughs> was your mom. And for a while, the only vegetable that Genesis would eat was cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was like, was and I was like, these count, right? And your mom was like, they're mainly water. <laughs> so not really. <laughs> and then get this, fast forward to high school. Um, I was, I was so excited. Your mom rained on my parade so bad. I was so excited to tell her that I loved that. I was like, I loved a new vegetable. I was like, Mrs. Halsman, guess what? Like, I finally, like, I really like this vegetable. She goes, Oh great. What is it? And I go mushroom. She goes, that's a fungus. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, it counts. They're like kind of vegetables. Right. She goes, Nope, that's a fungus. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Story man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was. I thought when you said that you were gonna like the last food memory that we were gonna talk about was gonna be my cookies. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we have to talk about your cookies. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be about food. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise we'll talk about other stuff. <laughs> I used to go home in like fourth grade and watch Food Network, like Rachel Ray's 30 minute meals in my free time. I remember that. And I think from that moment, my mom knew like, okay, you're just into food. That's just what it's going to be. <laughs> but all through middle school, I would make, make chocolate chip cookies at pretty much any opportunity that I had. And the apex of it, and what I was, was one of my not worst memories from middle school, that's an exaggeration, but it's up there, was when my eighth grade class volunteered me to have a bake-off with my eighth grade teacher because she offhandedly mentioned that she enjoyed baking and like made chocolate chip cookies and then everyone in the classroom was like oh Maya makes the best chocolate chip cookies you have to have a bake-off we're gonna taste them and like see who's better and me being first of all awkward and also this is my whole teacher like I'm not gonna it's very the power dynamic is not set up for this so I begrudgingly agree because I don't have another option. And the worst part was we had the, like, bake-off or whatever. I made my cookies. She made hers. Everyone tasted them. And then I won. So it was super <laughs> awkward because I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Everyone's obviously very biased because they've been eating mine for years. Also, I don't think hers were that good to be honest. Like, to be totally transparent. But that's not the point. It was very uncomfortable, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> 
awful. I, I remember this, and that's hilarious because um, th- not looking back, that is definitely unfair. Everyone's like, well, well, my will be you at a bake-off. Take that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, well, speaking of middle school, um, we, we, I know what a, what a time. Well, just to give you an idea of, um, you know, earlier in, in the episode, I said that, um, if you were friends with 12 year old Genesis, you were, you're going to be friends for a while because I was so, okay. I had glasses. I think I had wireframe glasses or I think I might've switched them right before going to, like I said in my poem, I went to like five different elementary schools and I went to two different middle schools. So I was like looking like Harry Potter from most of friggin' elementary school. And then finally middle school came around and I got these nine West, jeez, it's nine West. Like a middle-aged woman. <laughs> middle-aged woman glasses. Um, I had braces. I had braces ever since I was nine. So I had braces and then just like, I just remember I was the new kid, just our seventh grade photo like I think I refound these at my mom's house last summer and I literally was like why didn't anyone tell me that as someone who has glasses and braces I cannot wear a sweater vest with a diamond pattern on it you can't you can't oh it's absolutely amazing looking back on every choice I made in middle school whether it's fashion or friendships or screen names or anything of the sort and being like what was I thinking because I also think back to like how I felt in middle school and everything that I was doing I was either trying to seem cooler than I was Mm. or because I thought I knew everything and that that was the only way to do something and I'm like neither of those things were true you weren't cool and you didn't know everything so it's amazing yeah no I also to Back up to what Genesis, how she was just describing herself, I wanted to also say that when Genesis came into our middle school, she came in in seventh grade, and I think was one of the only new person that year, maybe? Everyone was obsessed with Genesis immediately, like, absolutely immediately. She was completely painting a very distorted picture. She came in, she was, like, kind of a tomboy, kind of cool, had a brother who skated, like, knew all that, kind of, like, lingo, played guitar, which she just, like, casually brought up one time and then brought a guitar to school, and, like, had all these very cool interests, played soccer, was, like, nasty at soccer too could do all like little like kick trick things and like hit the ball over her head like all of these things and I think also like with children like whatever's new is the coolest thing for the moment so since she was coming in into our middle school and we were all a lot of us had known each other for like four or five years any new person we're like oh thank god there's someone else to like <laughs> talk to or something but everyone was obsessed with Jackson. <laughs> It's funny because obviously I didn't feel that way. Like I, it, I didn't feel like anybody hated me. Like I definitely didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like I, I'm very blessed because I, you know, I was never bullied or anything like that. Like I, in none of my years in school, which was nice. But like I didn't feel any of that. Like it at that capacity. And again, all I remember is later on in high school talking to my friend Kevin from one of our friend Kevin from middle school. Who was like, yeah, I hated you, like, when you first came. And I was like, why? I was like, what did I do to you? And he goes, well, because he's like, you were new, but everybody liked you. And he goes, nobody likes the new person. Like, <laughs> but you, you managed to get people to like you. And I was like, I don't know. Honestly. Immediately. And I think the other part of it is that Genesis, as you all know, if you know her in real life or even from listening to this podcast, has one of the most infectious laughs I've ever heard in my entire life. So it's also one of those things where... She'll laugh at almost anything, which is a big pro in terms of making people like you, you always feel like you're funny. 
And when she starts laughing, everyone wants to laugh with it's, her. That's very true. That is very true. <laughs> No, one of one of the highlights, Maya, though, you always say this is one of the most ridiculous things I did do, which was get, tell Dane Cooks' joke at our celebration. <laughs> In eighth grade, at the end of every week, we'd have this thing called celebration, which is just like, I think a really a way for us to not have as many classes. We take like 45 minutes at the end of the day on Friday, talk about the highs of the week, the lows, someone do a presentation, some sort of performance. We had so many people who thought they could sing and would sing to us, which was very strange. But Genesis, for reasons that I still do not understand, <laughs> decided that she was going to do stand-up comedy. And instead of performing her own jokes, which I, I'm actually glad that she didn't because I cannot imagine what you would have <laughs> talked about, just re like regurgitated Dane Cook stand-up <laughs> to us for like six minutes. And it was the BK Lounge joke, which if you, if you have nothing to do after this podcast, please go to YouTube and search Dane Cook BK Lounge. That was one of the jokes, and I can't, I don't know the other one, but just stood there and couldn't get through them because she was laughing so hard, like, was laughing at the jokes before she even got them out of her mouth, and then because I had already heard them, because she practiced the stand, quote-unquote, stand-up routine with me, I was laughing too because I knew what she was supposed to be saying, but no one else got it. Oh, it was, I wish we could have recorded those things, because it was completely absurd. Oh my god, well, first and foremost, I'm absolutely my dad's daughter, because if anyone knows my dad, my dad cannot get a joke out without cracking up first so that's one and then the second thing it's just so obvious that I was like uh that had three older brothers or that I was so influenced but what 12 year old is going to be regurgitating Dane Dane Cook's jokes were dirty like they were and also had to like edit herself as she's talking to them because there were so many curse words (laughs) yeah so I heard these jokes as a kid you know yeah I would overhear my brothers like listening to these jokes and I thought they were hilarious. Like, I just thought they were funny. And I was like, this would be a great idea. And then that's what I did. That's what I did for celebration. It was fantastic. I think back to middle school, and like I told you yesterday, like, I would never do it again. Like, there's no one could pay me enough money to go back to middle school. It was terrible overall. But I think that's, like, a general feeling about it. But I think of how many funny moments and how many good moments I had with the people that I was friends with. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure it was. I mean, obviously, it was fine. I made it out totally, like, unscathed, mostly. Yeah. but it was just, I mean, it's a, it's a really weird time, and I think in everyone's life, and the fact that we somehow, to many people's surprise, stayed friends afterwards is very impressive. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I can't, I mean, I yeah, I was telling you this yesterday, that, like, you're my oldest friendship, or longest friendship, in a, in a real way. Like, because, of course, I can think of, like, you know, like, um, my best friend when I was five, I know of her and I know she lives in Providence, but she's not someone that I necessarily talk to all the time or even recently. Or But to develop that friendship where even if time passes or whatever, like you just come back together or talk on the phone or visit that person. And it's like, I still feel like we're our middle school selves. You know what I mean? Like not, not because we are, but just like what we remember and what we talk about and like Uh You know, just the ways in which I, I, of course, I have changed as a person, but also ways in which I haven't changed, you know, like Uh, my laugh is one of those things um, (laughs) that hasn't changed. Yeah, I think when you say that, like, we're our middle school selves and we talk about things, I would say two things. One, we tell the same stories to each other every (laughs) single time we see one another and we still laugh so hard. And it's always that we're telling the same story, laughing and talking over each other, telling the same story, and then if any, God forbid anyone is with us, because if 
there's another person in the room and we have to try to explain why this story is funny. It's never, it never translates. It's not funny. Like, they're not good stories. But to us, they're the funniest things in the world because there's so much context around them and, like, so many things you have to, like, be aware of. Yeah. But I will say that I think there are a lot of ways that our friendship has changed over the years. I think, like, like you said, we've both grown up. We're much older, hopefully slightly wiser. Um, <laughs> but there are also a lot of ways that we're exactly the same people that we were in middle school. And I think that's probably, I think whatever those parts are that we've, like, stayed true to in ourselves is why we're able to stay friends. Because clearly those connected then and they still do. Yeah, no, and I think it is, it is really fascinating because obviously it's been 13, 13, 14 years. A lot can change in that time, but like, well, the yeah. first was that um, we went to different high schools. We went to rival high schools, so that's whatever rivalry that was, but we still carpooled together. Well, mainly I car- carpooled with you. Um, <laughs> it's not like my, it's just me at your house, really. <laughs> um, and then, but then after that, like I went to Boston for school. And then you went to D.C., which is like, yeah. you know, and then after that, I mean, I moved abroad. <laughs> yep, and you've been far away ever since. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. But yeah, but then, you know, when I'm in Providence, generally speaking, we always meet up and mm-hmm. we always get some food. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's also that I think a lot of the times about friends that I've had for a long time, and I think what is it about that person that I enjoy enough to stay friends with them for a significant amount of time? And I think there's, I mean, there's plenty of things about everyone, but I think one of the biggest things that struck me even back then about you, Genesis, and continues to strike me now and I find extremely admirable is how determined you are. I've never met someone who is as focused as Genesis is. And it was very apparent even in middle school and it's still apparent now. I mean, this podcast is a prime example of someone being like I'm gonna do something and it happens Mm. um but yeah no I think and I think it's because I recognize that in you because I don't have that all the time like there's (laughs) like an admirable thing for me I'm like that is something that I should focus on like that's something I should be able to do but I don't have and I think it's a it's something that I've always obviously seen in you but also recognized as like a really admirable trait in a person Mm. and I think that that has a lot to do in terms of like whatever like you have things that balance each other out in like relationships Mm. and there are just certain things that you that you may lack and this other person has so yeah Yeah. well I think on I think in some ways on the flip side of that I think maybe what complements that is just how grounded of a person you are like I think you're a very very grounded person I'm not like I'm just kind of like wow everything goes Literally just everything goes like I can't make a decision for my freaking life because I'm just like, anyways, everything goes. So you, you've been very grounded. And I think like that is partly, that's partially why I think you have your like prophetic ability because like it comes from a place like you're not just like, you know, shooting the shit. Like you're not just like guessing. You're just like, no, like from my place that I've been grounded and I know very well, this is where my wisdom is like founded on and proof that Maya does know, know best is uh, just I went to Tufts because of Maya, which is like, obviously I, I applied myself, but what happened was... <laughs> and got in on by her amazing grades and really great essays. <laughs> but when I was in high school, like, I think you had a bit more experience with like knowing that, first of all, just what college was in general and like that what yeah. college, college colleges existed. And then when I was in, in high school, I was like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I would go to my college counselor and I'm like, 
you know, he's like, where do you, you know, where are you thinking? I was like, I don't have any idea. You know how many colleges there are in the country? Like, where do I start? You know? And, and then I went to your house one day and you're just like, Hey, like, I think a flyer came in the mail and you were just like, Hey, like, uh, have you heard of Tufts? And I was like, what the hell is a Tufts? I was like, I've never heard of that. And you're like, I actually think you'd really like it. And I was like, yeah, okay. So then they had, you know, one of their like diversity, whatever, three night things that they host you. And I went to that at Tufts and I remember texting you while I was there. And I was like, Maya, you were so right. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel good here. Like this feels like a good place. So, and I remember during that time, cause my mom was relatively involved, I guess, with like me making my list and figuring out what I wanted to do and stuff. And she just knew of Tufts from her time in Boston, having lived there. I also can't think now of what it was that made me think that you would like it. But I do remember those conversations that the three of us, me, you, and my mom, would have about colleges and how frustrated my mom would get with your college counselor because she's like, well, if you don't know what you want, then how are they helping you? Like, why aren't they giving you ideas or at least something to start with? And you're like, I don't know, I'm just guessing if schools and like going to apply. Because she, I think she was worried that you would just like not get stuck in Providence. That's not the right word. But she wanted you to be able to get out and go somewhere that would at least be slightly different. You'd have a little bit more independence and you feel like you could do what you wanted. Um, and obviously you, you had never lived in Boston. So we're like, you probably like it there. It's not a huge city and you're still close enough that your mom wouldn't like murder my mom for suggesting <laughs> you go to school there because it's not too far away. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, I mean, it worked, obviously it worked out well. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and again, I think like, uh, both, both you and your mom have been very grounding, uh, people in my life and, I definitely think that has to do, I mean, your mom was trying to feed me vegetables. She also knew best, <laughs> right? Uh, um, so yeah, I definitely, the, knowing best for sure. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, you also knew best because to be quite honest, this past, um, Christmas when I went to go see you and I was telling you about my woes at my job and you were literally like, so why don't you quit? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, and you're like, Sounds like you just need to quit. <laughs> and then and then I was like, yeah, well, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it in person. You're like, just send an email. And I was like, oh. And, and then this this meal also, it started as a meal. We were literally eating Indian food, having this conversation, and me repeatedly telling Genesis, it sounds like you just quit. You should just quit your job. Why don't you just quit your job? Why haven't you already quit your job? And then by the end of the night, before she went home, we drafted the email that she was going to send to her boss about quitting. And then she sent it, like, maybe a week later and then left her job. <laughs> and a whole I, lot of efficiency here. <laughs> right, exactly. And um, it, it has absolutely dramatically improved my health. Like, it was the best decision for me. Like, are there risks involved? Of course. Like, I'm losing stability, but my mental health is, is really what's most important. And, um, yeah, and you knew best. And you were like, so you were actually the, the straw or whatever. Like, you were the push. You are like, just go. <laughs> Bells on a cliff, like, I don't want to jump off. You're like, just do it. Um, you were that. Um, so I appreciate that, Maya, a lot. I really do. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Happy to help. Love giving my opinion on things. <laughs> if nothing else, I have opinions. <laughs> Lots of thoughts. Yeah. Well, Maya, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else. Hopefully, um, I still don't know what I'm doing with my life, but hopefully I'll see you, see you soon. <laughs> Well, that's the show, everyone. Um, honestly, after chatting with Maya, I was like, are my listeners going to 
really not find any of this funny and just be like, why did we sit through a bunch of inside jokes? <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't the case. Hopefully, even if just my laugh, my contagious laugh made you laugh, that would make my day. But again, wanted to bring some joy and light into your day or your hour, your lunch break, whatever is going on for you. And thanks again for listening. Just wanted to make a quick note that in celebration of Pride, I will be donating 10% of this episode's proceeds to the Okra Project. More details about what the Okra Project is is down below in my show notes. So thank you from all to all my supporters, whether you're supporting me on Venmo, Cash App, or Patreon. Thank you so much, and I look forward to being with y'all next time. Balance, yeah.